<laughs> Damn it. I really thought you were going to forget. I wouldn't. I was like, she's not even going to remember how to do that voice anymore. Welkies <laughs> to <laughs> It's, it's crazier, crazier in My, my Business. Amazon 41. I'm your host, Tavi. Hi, I'm Becky. Yeah. We're your hosts. She's struggling to keep it together because she's not professional. That's actually not true at all. I think that I've maintained a, an enormous amount of professionalism considering okay. Okay. how ridiculous your voice was when mm, we did that intro. You're mocking my regular speaking voice. <laughs> it's absolutely not your regular mm-hmm, speaking voice. Mm-hmm. And if it is, then why have you been faking your voice for 40 episodes? Have you heard of something called assimilation? <laughs> no explain it to me mm, it's when people alter their behaviors mannerisms tone <laughs> language even to fit in with a society which is predominantly one thing very oppressive and dismissive of things outside of that norm you know Got it. okay so, so in this home mm-hmm. you feel like the voice that you've been using yeah. previously mm-hmm. Was that the one fit to, in yeah, more? to fit in more because when I did go and try to express myself in the way I have been, you've actually told me several times, don't do that. Oh, have I? Yeah, when I was like, mm, hello, <laughs> you said, please don't do that. Don't do that. Let's re record that. That's why we've taken so many takes of this at this point because you're like, stop doing that. And so I, I obviously was right that okay. who I am is not acceptable. <laughs> okay, well, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry you feel that way. Feel free to be who to, i am yes thank unmasked. you and i i like that it's on record yeah that you've said that i can be who i am yeah and i want the listeners to take note that on this day becky allowed me freedom mm-hmm. feels good to break those chains i'm so happy for you mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feels right a weight has been lifted has it mm-hmm, okay it has. so how's your week my week, you know, has been fine. I feel like I've been in like recovery mode. Mm-hmm. I had a really long weekend. Yeah. We um, didn't record last week because you were hella busy. Yes, I was very and, busy. And um, you went back to work. I did. So I'm back. Well, working. we said that before, I think we did, but yeah. Yeah. Benjamin and I are both both working from home, both juggling the babe. And then, um, yeah, I think last week was like my busiest week with stand up. Mm-hmm. And I was away a lot, and that was weird and Getting kind of that hard. Money, yes, yes. So many tens of dollars. Mm. Uh, super grateful, and I mean, even twenties of dollars. Wow, yeah. money bags over here. <laughs> yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I like expensive things. Yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on. Things have been, you know, busy. Got a lot happening. What about you? What's I've been burning my expensive candle, and I'm one of those expensive candle people now, so I've been trying to tell everyone to talk to me nice. (laughs) I know I said before on the podcast, I would never, and that was a lie. This is who I am now. That candle smells so good. It fills the room with luxurious smells. It smells like a rich person lives in my home, and I love that. What do you think rich people smell like? The way that candle smells. It smells like luxury. Okay. And I honestly... Everybody who has smelled that candle burning has been like, "This, what is that? And I'm the like- The candle not burning smells phenomenal. It's, it really does. It's so good. And it's not overpowering. It's very subtle, but it's still very like full, if that makes sense. I know a lot of people think that like an, a, a scent has to be very strong to be like long lasting. And this is like a very subtle, but like full aroma. Yeah, it's a very soft scent. 
Yes. But room But it's like, yes. Nice. And it's so good. I love it so much. I cannot wait to buy more of these. Candles. I'm actually going to have to try some of their other scents at this point. Like, this is my life. But I do uh, honestly love this one. It's called Voyage, and I love it so much. Other than that... We were talking, we've had a lot of talks that we're going to get into later in this episode. I know everyone is tuning in. I know everybody knows the drama that everyone's talking about these days. We will be referencing it. That's going to be it towards the end of the podcast. If that's what you're tuning in for, I got to keep listening. Uh, because somebody did write in and ask how we felt. So I think we'll give a little bit. We've been Which talking is, about. I think it's bold of us because we usually, we've been asked to speak on other things before. And I think that we have been like, don't speak on it. I don't know. We speak on a lot of things. We spoke on the Monique Bonnet situation. We did. But didn't someone ask us about Joe Rogan? Did we speak on that? I don't remember if we spoke on that or not. I think it was. I think we were tired of it mm. by that time. But we've pretty much made our stance clear. I think that's why we didn't need to speak on it. That's fair. We're okay, two black yeah. women and people who listen to our podcast should know exactly what the <laughs> fuck is up. Right. Also, you know, we were talking about moving the platform, which I wanted to give an update on. Mm. Um, we were going over moving the platform and a lot of the other options are things that are um, going to be more financially taxing on us to invest in. At this point, we host our podcast on Anchor, which is owned by Spotify, their demon, you know, seed. Um, but it's free and we don't make them any money. Right. So for us, it's like we're not adding to their wealth in any way. In fact, we're more of like siphoning it for mm -hmm. our own needs at this point. Um, I hope that doesn't make any of our listeners uncomfortable, but we have looked into other options and just like financially at this point, because we do this podcast for free, um, though, you know, we do survive off tips, donations, whatever you guys like to send in. It is for free. Yeah. So us investing, you know, hundreds of dollars a year into hosting a podcast on a different platform. It's just not where we're That's at right now. That's not where we are right now. Yeah. yeah. And if but it gets we bigger. Yeah. We, if I'm almost positive that if our podcast ever got as big as, you know, it would be that we would move it somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. But um, and probably probably just to our website. You just have to come download the episode every week. So, yeah. Um, but at this point, that's what we're doing. Um, we hope you understand. I also did have somebody write in asking about donations so i wanted to address that before we get into the meat of our podcast we had somebody um write in and said if i wanted to donate to the podcast do i need to do it for you individually or have you activated the donation setting for anchor i couldn't find it so i wanted to make sure it wasn't there um as i said before we don't make anchor any money we don't want to make anchor any money if um, it should be turned off it should not be on right. donations through Anchor. If it is on or you see anything like that, don't go through Anchor because I'm sure they would take a piece and we're not trying to make them any money. Right. Um, you can send it to either of us. We have Cash App, Venmo, PayPal in our bios. It's also in the show notes, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, when and we, we post plug them. it at the end of every episode. And we plug it at the end of the episode. It doesn't really matter who you send money to if you're donating to the podcast in general for like Donut Watch or mm -hmm. just sending anything in. We're pretty communal when we go out together, so everybody's getting it. We buy each other drinks, we buy each other food, we hang out. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to send it that. But if there's somebody you really specifically vibe with, I do suggest sending a tip. If Becky says something really, you know, eye-opening to you, send it to Becky. Be like, hey, I appreciate what you said on the podcast this week. Or if you want her to get something for Remy, anything like that, you know, we're trying to send her to private school. She tells you this. Yeah. So um, it's expensive. Definitely um, send Becky tips as well. I know you guys have been really good about sending me my stuff because I'm very open about like you can pay me. Um, but Becky is always accepting tips as well. Um, and it all comes to the same place. So you good. Anyway, do you want to tell the people what the podcast is about? 
All right. This podcast, in case this is your first time listening, we are two comedians that are hosting an advice podcast where you, the listeners, write in questions or any other. I mean, you'll ask us questions. Sometimes they're advice. Sometimes you just want to know about us. But we will give you unprofessional advice. Professional advice. I'm a doctor. Both of those things are false. They're very true. And or if you ask us questions about ourselves, we will answer those as well. Uh And those answers are professional because we are professionals. At being ourselves. Yes. And me at being a life doctor and pediatrician. It's not true. I care for the baby. I'm Remy's primary care doctor. No, she's not. I am. She's absolutely not. Um, You can't keep lying to people. I'm not lying to anybody. It's absolutely a lie. You're not her primary care physician. Speaking my truth. I do. I check up on her every time I come over. No, you don't. I literally picked her up and I was like, mm, feeling a little heavier lately. Anyway. I noted it. Where? You don't even have a clipboard. You don't even Com- have a chart Com- for her. Mental notes. You ever seen a waitress without a pad? That's me. That's very different from a doctor without a chart. You just haven't seen a doctor of my caliber. And it shows. <laughs> All right. This is what money looked like. Yeah, now that you have those forty dollars candles, mm-hmm. you talk to me nice. <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna start with our first question. Yes, Becky, reading the questions this week. Full disclosure: this is not our first take, and I was ruining it. So well, I'm just gonna read this one, but <laughs> yeah, Tavi can take over the rest. Anyways, uh, this is a third time emailer. We got an email, folks. We yes, love emails. We love checking the email. It always makes us feel very special. Okay, so this listener writes, as always, I love your podcast. I enjoy the banter every week. Good. At least someone does. Um, Because I don't. I got a new job and won't be working at this toxic retirement home anymore. Things are going great with the fiance. All is good or okay. Uh, I'm a gay black man who likes to wear braids, tracks, and lace wigs because it's fun. And I'm trying to break the weird barrier that black men should only have a certain kind of haircut. I do my own hair. But with that, I receive a lot of people calling me ma'am or when I'm out with my mom referring to us as ladies, things like that, especially since I wear a mask in public. It doesn't bother me as much anymore. I just laugh it off sometimes. But today at my shitty retirement job, I was letting in a man working on the retirement facility because I was the only one who knew the code. He very annoyingly asked me, what are you? Then when I said a man, he said, you almost had me. I saw the shit on the side of your mask, parentheses, my beard, and said, you need to cut that shit off, man, because you almost had me. I'm assuming he was going to hit on me until he saw the beard. Ew, gross. (laughs) You're funny. Uh, I've I've also had an Uber driver ask me if I was a boy or a girl. I don't think she was trying to be rude, just curious. She was white and probably still is. (laughs) You're very funny. Um, then proceeded to tell me that Beyonce ruined before I let go. What do you think of these situations? LOL. I look forward to your professional advice. Damn it. Sorry. This was all over the place. I'm typing this as I listen to your podcast after it happened. Woo. Becky did that. Great. One take. Cause it was kicking my ass. Um, you and me, we're different. We're different. We're different. I'm a rich bitch. <laughs> Expensive tastes, you know, doctor you know um what do i think of those two things um i'm glad that you're not working at that toxic retirement home you got a new job very happy that you're getting out of that i think that it's it's wild to me that somebody would remark on your beard because they were mistaken in such like an ugly way but this is the world we live in these are the people we inhabit the earth with and i'm 
I'm sorry you've had those experiences. Um, you know, white people be white. They all the time doing white things. So it just, yeah, if it, all of that feels like, you know, like microaggressions that we all kind of have to deal with. Except for the first one actually feels real fucked up that one's just so weird to me because i don't understand why this guy was just like you need to cut that shit off because like you're still a man whether you have the beard or not right like if you cut it off did he was he gonna be like this could have gone further like because you still take the mask off and be a man and if he doesn't like men then yeah then i don't know I, i just don't understand but you know what it says a lot about our society too where people are assuming people's gender Mm -hmm. in general probably stop doing that and then they won't end up in these situations but it doesn't sound like he feels embarrassed it sounds like it negatively impacted you and that's the shittiest part of this right because you're just out here living your life right but nobody should assume anything that you see whether no matter what somebody's hairstyle is yeah it just bums me out yeah it's yeah it's actually just really disheartening also beyonce didn't ruin before i let go that's a great song i feel like i haven't heard it oh so good i'll play it okay after this um recording yeah because we still have more things to discuss right but you weren't really asking us for advice here yeah just, just like, like what a we perspective think. and i think that it was ugly yeah i so, think both things are ugly and disappointing yeah that makes me sad sorry but i you. am very envious that you do your own hair i wish i could do my own hair I oh my can't. gosh and installing lace wigs <sighs> i can't i can't but I do want to go get one installed because like I wear people know that I wear wigs and I wear lace wigs, but the installs that people do are very different than like what I do. I do a very basic. I can't do baby hair. It's not doing that. Like it's not, it's, it's never going to be that necessary. For it's like, not necessary. Okay. And there are people who do it. And I actually am of the belief that I don't look good with baby hair because I've tried to do mm-hmm. like I've plucked it, had it cut. I've done the ones that are pre-plucked for you, gotten the bleach knots and done it. And I actually just don't think that they look good on me. I've had a stylist put baby hair on me and I don't look cute. It's right. not, my face right. is not for and it. And so I feel like it maybe is just not for me, but even still, I think there's still people who do like lace installs like way better than me. I'm getting better because the more I do it, but mm. it took me a while to like get the products necessary. Like even just like the bands to tie it down while it's driving, mm-hmm. which makes it like, you know what I mean? Blend is laid as the kids say. But I'm still no pro. I wear what I wear. And I wear my rigs out until they're ready. I got to get a new one right now. So I'm not that person. So kudos to you for doing your own hair. Um, Our next question. All right. We have another longie. It says, I have a twofold question. But first, the backstory. I have a friend that started going to therapy because of accusations of abuse from a former partner. They went for a while during the time the relationship was ending, but ultimately found the exercises the therapist was having them do to be silly and unhelpful. Since the partner had cheated and ended up saying some really bad things, flat out lying and misrepresenting various situations, once they split, I think my friend felt that the partner was the problem and stopped thinking the accusations of emotional abuse were valid. I really think they need to go back. So the question... One, is there a polite way to tell a friend that they should get back to it, even if the last therapist wasn't a good fit? And two, how do you go about finding one that is a good fit? I'm going to be honest and make a conscious decision to sit myself out of answering this question. One, because I have no follow through with going to therapy. And two, I've never been able to find a good therapist. So (laughs) maybe in this case, Tavi. It all comes down to the doctor. The expert in this field, medical professional weighing in on the medicals. <laughs> so Healthcare. 
Um, I do go to therapy. Y'all know this. I go to therapy every week. I'm very regular and it took me a long time. And you know what's so crazy? Um, and I shouldn't even say crazy because we stopped saying crazy. It's wild. Finding a good therapist is so hard, but when you do, oh my Lord, does it change leaps and bounds for your life. I don't know that I've actually experienced this level of growth in this short amount of time. So yeah, I suggest therapy for everybody. Now, um, the question being, is there a polite way to tell a friend that they should get back to it, even if the last therapist wasn't a good fit? Um, I don't know about polite because that's not really how I roll. We've talked about how niceness isn't real. I'm not really one for like being polite about like I'd rather just spit it out. And I tell people they should go to therapy. I tell my mom she should go to therapy. And I just say it. I'm like, you need to go talk to somebody. And I think if you have a friend who is thinking that they're not the problem, but you're seeing that like, okay, the the allegations against them for emotional abuse were valid and there are ways that they could work on themselves. I would suggest just saying that having examples at the ready and saying like, you know, I know this person was also wrong, but both of you could have had things you could have worked on. Mm. Because that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Just because one of just because your partner cheated and ultimately turned out to be a bad person doesn't mean that you don't still need to go. And I think everyone saying the whole thing that everyone can use therapy is like an easy way to get out of feeling like you're just pointing the finger at them. Mm-hmm. Everyone should go. And so for that, I would say it would be helpful if you were in therapy to suggest other people going to therapy uh, would be my only sort of like thing there. It's very difficult to tell someone to do something that you're not doing. Mm -hmm. And if that is something that is like repulsive to you to hear me say that you should be going to therapy, then don't tell anyone else they should go. Ooh. Mm -hmm. If me telling you that is the problem, that's all I'm saying is because everyone needs it. Literally everyone. Mm -hmm. So just go. And then once you go or start your journey, I there's so many people that since I've started my therapy journey have been like, wow, talking to you makes me want to go back. Literally, I have friends that are like, okay, who is this? And where can I go here? So many that are like, this is, it's more compelling. And I think like living your life in a way that inspires others is kind of the best way to show people it works. Um, Leading by example. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And so how do you go about finding one that is a good fit? It's just trial and error, y'all. You just have to go. You have to go. And it's so disheartening. I did it two and a half years this last stint before. But like my whole, well, the majority of my adult life bouncing around. But like it was a solid like two and a half years of going through like online therapists. I tried better help. You know, those little apps and things. Mm -hmm. I'm not uh, saying it's easy. I, and I mean, like, go down a list. I went to psychology today and I was just writing down names and phone numbers of people I thought fit based on their like profiles because they all have profiles. They write little about me's. Treat it like a dating app. Would you swipe left or swipe right based on the things that they've told you, what they specialize in? Look at their specialties. Look at what they do. If the you get a good vibe from the bio, write down the name, write down the number call them. I wouldn't just email through um, psychology today because that's, I feel like I like to be more uh, direct. I don't like going through third party things. Mm-hmm. So I write down whatever contact number they have listed, call, leave a uh, message if they don't answer because they're probably busy, your name, your number, um, and that you're a new person seeking, you know, like hoping to become a client of theirs, uh, a patient of theirs. And when they call you back, 
do a preliminary interview, have questions ready for the things that you want to work on um, or that you think you need to work on or goals you have, even if it isn't something you think you need to work on, if you have a goal in mind for your life, even it doesn't have to be a goal specifically to therapy. If you're like, I want to get a promotion at work, tell that to your therapist Mm -hmm. and what you think is hindering you from getting that promotion. And when you're having that phone conversation, if your goals align, if you're getting a good, you know, feeling from them, then go in for an in-person session. Schedule it if they have it, if they can put you in. You go in, sit down for that session. Just going to one session doesn't mean you have to go back. Don't let them pressure you into scheduling immediately. If you have the first session and it doesn't feel like it's going to be a good fit, you can definitely take some time. But I also want people to know that it's always going to feel a little bit uneasy when you first start talking to somebody about all your business. Mm -hmm. So understand the difference between feeling like this therapist isn't the right fit for you and realizing that you just met a stranger. Those are two different things. Mm So if you trust them and their qualifications and respect that, again, ask the questions that you know kind of are barriers for you and your respect level. If you don't want to meet with somebody who's homophobic or overly religious or, you know, anything, ask these questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have the right to ask them about their, like, sexuality, but definitely say, like, do you have patients that are members of the LGBTQ community? Or do you accept patients like that? Do you understand, like, uh, you know, are you queer friendly? You can ask, like... This is stuff. And for me, a lot of the therapists when I was looking through who did cater to people of color and queer people actually list that in their bios because they're not afraid Mm -hmm. to list that because that's what they're looking for as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say look, look for those kinds of keywords. I also would suggest not going to therapists that are part of like a very large practice or have practices that don't align with your beliefs. I personally found a lot of therapists and when I went to visit their websites which I also suggest doing when you're looking at their profiles do all the research you can on them even after you call and leave a message keep researching them um I found a lot of therapists that are practicing like uh, electrocution type things um yeah and they think you know like low grade um that's not something for me yeah I don't believe in that I don't believe in people who are like prescribing lithium that's not like my jam and for if you're just seeking a therapist, obviously you don't need medication. So you also have to weed that out. At that time, I was looking for a psychiatrist and a therapist. So I was looking for both. If I can sense something on your page, even if that specific doctor doesn't talk about that, if they're a part of a practice that encourages that, I would think twice about going to Because they're allowing themselves to be aligned with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is not to say that you can't go if that's something you want to pursue. I'm saying anything that goes against what you want, I would steer clear of the big practices. Those are my opinions on that. Um, and I hope that that helps. Well, I All think right. that was very good advice. Yeah. Everybody get your booties in therapy. Um, our last thing, we did have a couple more questions, but they're going to have to be answered in upcoming episodes. So our last thing for this week, what everyone around the world has been talking about, um, thoughts on Will Smith and Chris Rock. This is an advice, but I love hearing y'all's perspectives. Um, and I should have put a trigger warning, but trigger warning, Will and Jada. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it off now. If you're sick of it and I get it, I get it because I'm actually, I'm sick of it. Yeah, I'm sick of it. But we're going to talk about it. We are. And we're going to tie it and hopefully 
I don't know, because stuff's going to keep coming out. Absolutely. I, I it'd mean, be so nice to be like, oh, this is yeah. the last conversation that we're going to have about it. But yeah. we've also been talking about it for yeah. since and also, literally getting, since 20 minutes after it happened. Right. And I was actually getting upset with people who were like, they, I'm already tired of this the same night it happened. I was like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, shut, shut your fucking mouth. But like at this point now, several days later, like I think we have heard like I keep hearing all the takes. And so every the reason I'm tired of it is not because I'm tired of us talking about it and what it means and the impact um, and how like I don't I don't get mad when people write think pieces. I think it's really I think it's a very ignorant way of trying to shut up people who are trying to have thoughtful conversation right. by just like trivializing it and being like, oh, another think piece. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Let people think critically. Why are you also like hell bent on discouraging a conversation it's weird it's fucking weird um but no not everybody's like idea is valid but people should be pushing themselves to think more my issue about why i'm tired of it is because more and more celebrities keep wanting me to hate them yeah yeah and i'm really tired of it because jamie lee came out and i love jamie lee curtis and now i gotta oh, be like no jamie lee bet midler we yeah, throw them all in the fire at this point so yeah we're having that thing. There's more every day. Yeah. That's true. And yeah. at this point, I'm just kind of like, can everybody shut up? And, you know, surprisingly, Raven Simone ain't saying shit. And I kind of love that for her. <laughs> I saw a video of her dancing on TikTok today. And I was like, Raven. And I had to go to her Instagram to be like, did you do any biracial behavior? <laughs> um, what did you do? What did you get into? And she's really just like minding her business. And I'm like, wow, maybe she learned. Yeah, I imagine she did. Raven has said a lot of things. A Maybe lot of problematic learned. things. But watch me, watch tomorrow she come out and say something. I don't think she will. I don't know. But I'm really, I'm proud of her right now. That's what I will say. Yeah. But at this moment, Ravensville, you're moving up the light skin leaderboard. For what? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's so many, um, so many thoughts that I have surrounding this, this issue. I think the first one that I want to address is I am so sick and tired of jada somehow being at fault in any Absolutely. of this i don't understand why everybody keeps bringing up jada everybody keeps bringing up what what goes in jada's mouth who jada's been fucking what jada's done what mm-hmm. jada has said and i just feel like jada didn't do if any if there is any innocent party in mm-hmm. all of this it is truly jada pinkett smith she got attacked and you guys are still attacking her over I will, and over and I over and over i will absolutely say that that at this point i actually don't care if you like will or if you like chris or whatever you feel like your affiliation is i respect any take that does not talk about jada right because there's and no try reason to demean her like right. this like if you're not attacking jada then believe what you want yeah. Feel how you want to feel because I actually do feel like there are things that some of us, you know, I say real niggas, but you know, but you know, we do what we do and I'll get into that. But as long as your take is not bashing that woman, then I'm actually okay with what you have to say. We can still yeah. be cool. Once it comes back to like bashing her or bringing the black community as a whole into the limelight, mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, you're getting kicked in the teeth. Yeah, and that would be like the second thing that I was going to bring up is like anything that's that's either hinging on any behavior, any action of Jada or anybody that is making the assumption that this is somehow going to blow back on the black community is wild to me. (laughs) Absolutely wild. (laughs) Because I really can't. I've seen too many people just say like, this is this is why they never wanted us at the Oscars. And I'm ashamed of being black and all of this shit. And I just, for what? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 
said it perpetuates stereotypes against <gasps> black people. And then Bette Shut Midler up. retweeted that. And we were like, bitch, it only can perpetuate or reinforce if, if that's what you already think. I don't know how y'all don't get that. <laughs> the white people who think that this reflects in the black community, the black people think you already think this way. Right. Understand that. That's the self-hate inside of you. That's the racism inside of you. You already feel that about black people. That can't it does be not undone. Matter. You got to do that work. Right. It's not dependent there's on me. There's nobody that just, there's nobody that woke up that was anti-racist that just woke up and was like, oh no. Right. Will Smith hit Chris Rock. <sighs> black people are dangerous. I am not carrying your hate on my back. Mm-mm. I will not move through this world in an attempt to make you hate me less when you hated me for no reason before I was born. Right. So because white people think some way about black people, we're supposed to alter everything that we do That's around wild. them. I don't care what white people think. Put this on the record and it'll and never come back to haunt me because I mean this shit and I'll mean it now in 20 years. I don't care what you think. I don't. I can't. I can't be bothered. I care what I think about me. Mm-hmm. And that's period. Point blank. Y'all have no bearing on me. Nothing I do will reflect in the black community. Nothing the black community does reflects on me because guess what? You're killing us anyway. Right. Guess what? You shot Dr. Martin Luther King anyway. So it doesn't matter. We've learned this over the years. No amount of respectability is going to keep racists from being racist. Yes, it's never going to be enough. For somebody that's already racist, no good Negro behavior is going to be enough for them to undo whatever hate they have. And people talk about this is the Oscars. The Oscars, you mean pedophile sympathizers, Nazi sympathizers, racist, homophobes in a room? That's supposed to be classy to me? There's nothing classy about that place that was exclusionary. Right. For what? 60 years why are we supposed to respect an award show that waited as long as they could to let us in there anyways right why for what and and to make a mockery of us and to continue to do so and to only want to highlight black films that capitalize on black trauma right i don't understand why you think that's okay i mean i'm happy people are talking about like oh will smith won i'm glad that will smith won the oscar for uh best actor for king richard yes about him coaching two black women to greatness. Yeah. I think that that is a beautiful story because so often we are not awarded for things like that. We are awarded for the portrayal of enduring beatings and lashings and rapes mm-hmm. and being drug addicts or drug dealers. They want that. And I we got to see a black man win for something that was actually a fantastic film. He did a great job. I was already teared up. Five minutes into King Richard. It was oh, it was, it was so, so good. good. Was I might so watch that shit again right now, honestly. So, yeah, like, I, you know, I'm not upset about it. Um, and I'm not going to tell a man how to defend his wife. Mm-mm. So that's if you want. Because the, I feel the like so opinion. few men defend yeah. women anyways. Specifically right. men defending black women. Right. It is so uncommon, especially publicly at the level that it happened. I'm here for it. I'm grateful. I loved it the moment that it happened. And if you look at my TikTok, you know, I smack bitches. And I've said it before. There's only so many times. And now we know that Will Smith has asked Chris Rock previously, had had a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. So how many times do you ask somebody to stop disrespecting you? Right. How many times? And I feel like that's something that's overlooked. A lot of people don't know that. And I've been telling everybody everywhere I go. I'm like, it's come out now, though. We know that this man had a conversation. So I'm not going to keep having a conversation with you because you obviously don't care. Right. That's where we're at. Um, and I can say that I will give credit to the fact that I don't think that that particular joke 
was in itself by itself without all of the other factors surrounding it is that bad Mm -hmm. but there are the other factors and that's why everything has context everything is circumstantial and it's so frustrating to see so many people committed to misunderstanding that the context and the circumstances surrounding this is a man who has attacked jada over the years who has made jokes at her expense over the years who has been asked to stop and a woman who is suffering with an autoimmune disease right this I wasn't an offhanded right. remark without any with without any sort of like other things attached to it. Like it really was so specifically tied to so yeah. many other things. And the amount of white men that I'm seeing, Tom Segura, Chris Stefano, you pieces of fucking shit, Ooh. who are saying, "Oh well, she's sexy anyways. Why is she complaining? Or she's had her hair short." It's like yes, because she didn't get it overnight. Okay, and autoimmune disease is just that. Um, This is something she struggled with for a while and things get worse over time. So right. at this point, stress can exacerbate these things. At this point, she is bald and it's not by choice completely. And it doesn't matter if you think she's hot. It doesn't matter if you would still fuck her. It's not something for you to be joking about. Right. And the idea is that for me is that if you had somebody like Reese Witherspoon or Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, Sandra Bullock, who was actually losing their hair. Mm-hmm. And showed up bald to an award show. You would call that woman brave. And anybody that made some type of would hateful joke. Would be so disgusting to you. Exactly. You would be sitting there. And that's what you really should be having think pieces on. About why Hollywood isn't rallying around Jada. Why you're so, why the, there are these so many celebrities coming out. Talking about how disgusting it was that Will Smith slapped him. Sure. Even if you believe that. What about what he's what they did to Jada and what they've continued to do to Jada in the media? Mm-hmm. Every woman in Hollywood should be rallying around that woman. And no one is. Well, I mean, not no one. No. But it's just very frustrating to see the fact that she has been deemed unworthy mm-hmm. of protection yes. and unworthy of respect when so many there have been so many white women in Hollywood that are so much worse. Yeah. That are so that are just bad in general because Jada's not bad. No. And I've read it and so much of it has to do with her perceived infidelity. Oh, so many people weighing in on their marriage. Those two people are still married and until they're divorced, he has every right to defend his wife. That's his wife. Right. I don't care what you think of someone's marriage. They're married. Right. You don't have to like the circumstances of their marriage. But guess what? Will's there. Jada's there. And they've committed to each other. They did not commit to you. If you don't want to be married to Jada, good. She's already married. And this idea that people have behind this with this fuck Jada and she's this. I've heard so many people calling her a bitch in the last few days. It's awful. It is making me upset because they have this like very malicious idea about this woman. They made her this villain as if she is controlling him. As if Will is not a grown man who can make decisions on his own. It is. She's cast a spell. She's got him whipped. All Mm. of these things. Which just shows me how little you listen to this couple as a whole. Because I was in it on Red Table Talk when it first came out. I love this miss. Like, that is a family for me. That was like something I watched, charted, and loved. Mm -hmm. My mom loves Will Smith. I grew up with this. And when that show came out, I made sure to watch all those episodes. And if you guys had actually watched and seen prior to even the August situation, them sitting down, they have talked about Will working through his own narcissism. Mm -hmm. They've talked about how early in their marriage, she had no voice. She did what he wanted to do, Mm -hmm. moved where he wanted to move. And that it was just recently that this woman has come into her own and said, hey, these are things I don't want to do. Which I think is so beautiful that they let everybody into their marriage. 
Right. So that so that the world could see that every marriage is functioning differently. But that it's there wild is no to perfect me. marriage, that there is no perfect understanding that like marriage is a living, growing thing mm-hmm. that is constantly evolving and that people are pushing and pulling and compromising. Right. And I think that that is so beautiful because almost yes. nobody does that. Yeah. And so the fact that they were transparent so that people could have more understanding and move just with an understanding of how this works for that to be used against them. Yeah. Because they've been open about you about their therapy, about talking things through. They work through their problems better than most of y'all fuckers do. So you get mad that he slapped somebody to that's the thing that gets me is that like, the first thing I thought before it was even confirmed that he had asked this man not to talk about his wife once before is that given how they do have red table talk, mm-hmm. given that they sit down with people they have disagreements with, if why would he smack somebody he's never talked to? Right. That's not them. No. That's not the family. They don't operate like that. So yeah, I immediately was like, he's done. He's done. I knew immediately. I was like, there must have been something going on. And that's what I said because I called Tavi. Well, Tavi called me when I was like still on stage. And then I went outside and called her immediately (laughs) afterwards. And that was like one of the things I said. I was like, that there's not a doubt in my mind Mm -hmm. that Will told Chris, don't talk about my wife again. Yeah. And then he talked about his wife again. So like you at that point, (laughs) what am I supposed to do? And it's like comedians putting this out here like, oh, my gosh, now everybody could get slapped. You could get slapped at any point in your life. And that is a oh, yes, that is one of the most infuriating takes is so many comedians, so many comedians that I like love and respect personally that are taking the way I'm going to have to restrain myself if I ever see Christina (laughs) P and Tom Segura, because I will try to slap them and I'll be like. And it's not because of Will Smith. It's because you're a piece of racist garbage. I have never in the seven years. And I'm sorry, Christina, but your man did it. If he (laughs) wants to call Jada a bitch, she didn't do shit. Fuck you, Christina. You're a bitch. And you'd probably be okay with that. In the time, which like, granted, I know that seven years is not that long doing stand up, but it's longer than a lot of people that have takes on it have been doing it. Mm -hmm. And I, there has never been a moment that I've been on stage that I have felt that I am free of the consequences of other people's feelings regarding the things I say on stage. Right. I have also been in moments of unsafety on stage. I know that that comes with the territory. So it is wild to me. But no one has ever tried to slap her. Let's be specific. Nobody has ever tried to slap me. No one has ever tried to slap Becky for some shit she's done on stage because she doesn't say stupid shit on stage. I don't say dumb shit. No one's ever tried to slap me on stage either. They don't try to slap me after the show. They don't do anything. You know what people do to me after my shows? They buy me drinks. (laughs) And they tell me that they enjoyed the show and that I made them laugh. Now, that's not to say that I won't piss somebody off in the future. But Mm. even if I did, even if somebody reacted strongly or harshly, whatever, to anything that I say on stage, there is not a part of me that feels like I should be exempt from another person's feelings or the consequences of my own words because of the fact that it was a joke. Right. I don't think that like being a comedian, I don't think comedians are some type of protected class that are free from consequences. That's a wild thing. That's that's And honestly, Zach Fox to me had like one of the best takes. And I think that's what I got. Like, I'm done with this because Zach didn't set it. You know, Zach, he plays Quinn's boyfriend on Abbott Elementary. Oh, yeah. Did you read his? No. Okay, I'm going to read it because I think it's really. (laughs) No, it's actually the best one. It's literally the best one. And I think that a lot of comics forgot this. And I kind of like loved what he had to say. Um, Since some people don't want to respect people unless they're like, uh, you know at the top of their game. Um, He's on TV right now. So he says, slapping someone is objectively funny. That's the first thing. None of us really acknowledge (laughs) that anybody getting slapped at any time is funny. I immediately laughed. When I saw the clip on Twitter, I was like, (laughs) 
because that shit is funny to me. Gas. That is so funny to me. Um, especially it's just funny. People getting slapped is funny. It'll never not be funny. I don't care what you say. It's a fucking open handed slap. Somebody getting punched is not funny. Someone getting tripped. Y'all laugh when people get tripped all the time. And as Judd Apatow like to say, he could have died. <sighs> Or he could have killed him. You trip somebody and they hit their head on the concrete. They actually could fucking die. Mm-hmm. But y'all laugh every time somebody falls down. Y'all think falls and fails are so funny. That's literally all of Ridiculous's content that runs 18 hours a day on MTV. Yep. So I don't want to hear y'all holier than that because somebody's watching it. But anyways, Zach says slapping someone is objectively funny if you're a comic and you get slapped and you choose professionalism and appealing to authority in parentheses dollar signs over i don't know being funny in the moment and maybe i don't know telling jokes about it well that's more of an alarming decision than the person who decides to slap you we supposed to lose and make it hilarious so many people crying about the sanctity of free speech and comedy but we saw it in peak form a rich man slapped another rich man and they both went home richer you can say whatever you want to say but you can't control how people react to that comedians don't get to be in bulletproof glass cases everybody in the world can get smacked learn how to fight or make it funny cat williams got jumped by actual kids and gave us comedy gold shortly thereafter stop pretending like we're jedi we make pussy jokes and that's yeah. the truth because 90% yeah. of the people complaining are people who tell the worst types, types of jokes. I'm tired of comedians acting like they're changing the world when they get on stage. You are not Dave Chappelle. Right. Okay. And his early stuff was really enlightening. The, him shining a light on certain things. I mean, he still made jokes about like his balls and stuff. But there are comics out there that did a great job at social commentary. Gerard Kymerkel, the stuff he does that makes you examine and look at yourself, whether you think he's funny or not. Um, that is his brand of comedy. Mm-hmm. The majority of you are not writing comedy like that. Right. You can't. You actually don't have the skill to do so. Um, even Bo Burnham. Honestly, writing the type of comedy, even in its absurdity, is still reflective of society, right? right? And is like doing that. Y'all are there not are writing so few voices, since, right? No, seriously, <laughs> that are actually writing that type of like thought provoking comedy. So to go up and think that like you're a modern day philosopher because of these terrible dick jokes, you're not that are being told in bars all over America. That's not the case. You're not changing lives. You are literally on stage making the worst kinds of jokes, and you're mad because now you remember. That people have the right to not like your jokes and to do something about it. And my thing is, is if somebody is coming up to you after your show and slapping you or you're afraid of getting slapped, one, quit and protest, please. Mm -hmm. I would like you to leave. (laughs) But also, you're doing it wrong. You are there to make people laugh, not to be an asshole. I don't know who told comics. I feel like, and I'm going to blame it on him, I feel like the era of Louis C.K. with his predatory ass told comics that they were untouchable and they were so much smarter and better than the rest of the public and they clung to that and he ushered in this wave of comedians who think that they can do and say whatever the fuck they want without if they're funny enough because he was actually very funny he's a predator but he's very funny and he is very smart Mm -hmm. so he got to do that that was not for all of you and ultimately wasn't for him because he's still a piece and of shit. And another thing I think is that people cling on to the fact that Dave Chappelle said it's a comic's responsibility to speak recklessly. Yeah. And that doesn't mean what a lot of you think it means. No. 
And he also never said you were free from consequences right. for speaking recklessly. So I don't know why people are choosing to cherry pick these little ideas, these little kernels of knowledge right. that they got from their favorite comedians mm-hmm. and are using that to like light their path to go on and say whatever it is they think that they should yeah. be allowed comedians to say. Comedians much funnier freely. and much richer than you. Who living, will never yeah. know who you are. You're not going to meet them. You're They're not, not going to take on you tour. on the yeah, road. They're not doing that. It does not matter. It's really weird that you guys are licking boots like this. It's weird. It's, it's actually so really embarrassing to, to watch as well. And so the fact is, is that I kind of am drawing a correlation at this point between comics who wish they could say nigga and then being like, hashtag freedom to joke, which if I see that fucking shit one more time, I'll slap somebody. <laughs> I will slap somebody. I'm tired. I am tired. And all of the, the comics making it about women. Wild. How did me. you drag women into this? I just don't understand. Just keep it. That's the thing is that y'all had some shit you wanted to get off your chest and you're telling on yourselves. Every step of the way you guys are telling on yourselves and it would have been better if you just shut up. Mm-hmm. And I hope that for the next thing, people learn to just shut up. Yeah. But a lot of people are really disgusted by Will and it's assault and all that. And it's like, you know what, baby? He got the money for the fine because he's not going to do time. I, I've been to jail and I did worse than him and I wouldn't have had to do time if I could have done community service and I couldn't have. So guess what? Even if he did get charges pressed, he'd pick up trash for like three weeks mm-hmm. and he'd pay a thousand dollars and he'd be done. And if it cost him a thousand dollars to defend his wife, I'm sure he's got it. Yeah. That is a multimillionaire. He's really not tripping. And they'll probably let him do something else anyway. So I'll, yeah, I'm trying to figure out where the problem is. Nobody act like you're it's weird that people were clutching their perils over and then still acknowledging that Chris Rock went on to continue his hosting duties or his introduction, you know, giving out the award or whatever. So that man was not slapped unconscious. He didn't fall to the ground. He wasn't bloodied. He wasn't writhing in pain. Right. He Mm -hmm. got slapped. And I like that people are saying this. It shows that so many of you have never been slapped. Mm hmm. Because you're re- you're taking that a lot more seriously than right, it is as well. I've been slapped. It's fine. You will survive. <laughs> it's you embarrassing. Yes. Above all else, it is. It's very embarrassing mm-hmm. to be slapped by somebody, especially if you say something slick. Yeah. It's very embarrassing for it to happen. Right. But ultimately, you recover pretty quickly. Right. You're the only one that feels it a lot. The, the way that people are like, I want him arrested for. If you've ever said people should not be in prison for weed. And you want somebody to go to jail for slapping someone? Slapping only. Not getting into a fight. Now, had Chris been reacted and they fought on that stage, we might be having a different conversation. Absolutely. Because then Will I should, absolutely yeah. think that Chris would, would have been well within his right to fight back. Absolutely. And I'm actually mad that he didn't because so now I, I look at Chris Rock and I'm like, so you a bitch and I can slap you right now and you're not going to do anything. That's what I know about Chris Rock. The you can slap him. That, like, I knew... Like the moment that I knew that Chris wasn't going to do anything that I knew that Will knew Chris wasn't going to do anything is because he went up and he slapped him and then he turned his back on him and walked back to his seat. He knew that Chris was never going to do anything. Like, and I just feel like that to me is so embarrassing. It absolutely is embarrassing. And the only thing that I have that did kind of tug at my heartstrings for Chris is somebody did make the comment that, Imagine getting hit and then watching the person who hits you get a standing ovation. Oh, that's a good point. And that's as good. like out of compassion 
For somebody getting hit. Yes, he did speak recklessly. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But we saw Will Smith getting dapped up, getting talked to, getting consoled. Then he won an award. People gave him a standing O. He went out and partied afterwards. That is salt in the wound. It is. It is salt in the wound. And I will say, that's not very classy of everybody at the Oscars to just be not checking in on him mm-hmm. a little bit. Y'all should have pretended to care. But I also say that after Janet Hubert said she met Chris Rock once and that was enough on her Instagram that I will say this is that and I've we, a couple other yes, firsthand accounts about we people have that never have- met this man and the amount of people who did not care or want to come to his defense. Aside from like his family yeah. advocating for his character, which most people, as they should, right, most people are condemning Will Smith for the assault. Mm-hmm. Comics are standing by Chris Rock, but there's not really people coming to Chris Rock's like character outside of the comedy arena. Mm-hmm. And like we said, what we've heard about people interacting with Chris Rock, it's not the best. So I say people should move through this world with kindness and watch who the fuck they're talking about <laughs> because. I can guarantee you, even the uh, one of my friends who we were talking about it and we disagreed, said that he would trip somebody and beat them up if they started charging the stage at me. And I'm like, yeah, because you would do that for me. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Chris got hit and Will was allowed to sit back down and it didn't have... And all of those people were there. All of He those didn't have any floor, friends in that room. Yeah. You know? that I, To me, that says something about who you are and what the mark you've left. But... <sighs> I think that's all I can say on this right now. We said it all, right? We we talked. We've said it all. That's the podcast. Those are our thoughts. Those are our thoughts. Thank you for listening. Remember um, to protect black women. Protect black women at all costs. Outside of that, Becky, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Oh That's Becky. You can find me on Venmo at Oh That's Becky. Mm. I have a TikTok. Don't follow me there. She's getting it up and running. You should follow her. She's getting it up. She's trying to get it. She's trying to get it together. I'm very scared of TikTok. So if you could send me encouraging messages on Instagram, that would be nice. Right. Oh, and you can find an extended uh, clip of my stand-up on my website. Oh, that's Becky.com. Yep. And Tavi, Mm -hmm. where can people find you? Ten toes on the pavement, hanging, banging, slinging, that thing be thanging. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Tavi Talks Trash. And uh, we always want your questions. Submit. To the podcast. Yes. The link is in the show notes. The submission link is also in both of our bios, in our link trees. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can send us questions. You can um, DM us on Instagram. DM us on Instagram. You can write an email to it's crazy or my business at gmail.com. We love to get emails. Um, yeah, keep in touch with us. And uh, we will hopefully be back next week with another episode. Oh, but wait, you really know. quick. Really what? quick. Um, I noticed that, like, you know, your voice. The entirety of this episode. Yeah, assimilated. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just curious, like, do you not feel comfortable? No, just... I don't. I never feel comfortable around oh, okay. you. Is there, because is there anything when I speak, that I when can I, do to change You that? know, maybe when I do show the truth side of myself, you don't immediately Recoil put it down. with disgust? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'll try to be better in the yeah. future. All right, folks. Thank you so much. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>